last American true outlaw, Wino. You have kings, you have priests, you have demigods, you have gods, and then you have Wino. He's a riff master, a riff lord. like you know, the long drives or whatever it might be. You do what you do. He's the embodiment. And then you get, oh, okay, maybe I'll be free another fucking day. What's up, Wino? Thanks for coming on, man. How are you, bud? I'm good, man. I'm good. Happy to be here. All right, man. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. Well, shit, man. I know one of you got a super busy, you know, spring lined up, man, coming up, especially starting next month in May. I know the obsessed. You guys are gearing up for a month long uh, European tour, including yeah. an appearance at the uh, Desert Fest in Berlin. But before we get into that, man, I want to, of course, talk about Wino, the documentary, the long awaited uh, documentary that's uh, getting ready to come out. Um, yeah. So I guess, yeah, I mean, it's got to obviously feel good to get this out. Well, I know, I know you've, I guess, been working on this for a little while, man. So why don't you just kind of take us through, I guess, the backstory of the film and really how and why, you know, it came to fruition and what was your, I guess, purpose okay. for wanting to put this out? All right. Um, well, my wife, she wasn't my wife then, but uh, my girlfriend, uh, we met at a, a tech show uh, a couple of years ago. And she was a filmmaker. We started hanging out and she said, I'd really, really, really like to do a documentary on your career. And um, basically, she thought she was going to require a lot of help and it was going to be really complicated, but she just started doing it herself, and she did it all herself. Basically, she just wow. kept at it. And it, we based the, based the whole uh, – the theme sort of was like a cross-country trip that we did to pick up – to deliver my motorcycle to a friend of mine who was helping me do some customization on it. It's a, you know, 64 Panhead oh. Chopper. We decided along the way that we would try to hit, uh, talk to all of our friends that live in different states along the way in the rock community. And so we managed to, uh, you know, we managed to do uh, that trip. I think we did like two, two, two cross country trips plus, you know, sort of interviews uh, with people that were, you know, in the states we were in, like in Maryland, and uh, and it just turned out really fucking cool. Like the first first person we interviewed was Bobby Liebling, and. Uh, Sherman came over. Dave Sherman came over that very night. So, yeah. you know, that was Sherman died. And so that was like, we were so glad to be able to get that, you know, that, that real, you know, kind of intimate, just kind of hanging out and partying, oh, yeah. and talking with him. Yeah, Bobby. So that was cool. And then, you know, then we hit North Carolina on the way down. We're headed to Texas, Austin, Texas, right? So we hit North Carolina, talked okay. to Dixie Dave and Chef. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, then we went down to New Orleans and talked to Bauer. And, uh, you know, and his and his wife, and, uh, uh, and then aside from that, we also grabbed. She just grabbed a lot of clips that we found, uh, you know, that she found on YouTube and other live stuff that we had. That we that people sent us, and that we really liked. We got permission to use it. You know, we got some stuff from the the Probot uh, thing that we did on with the MTV, and uh, you know, I was signed to Columbia, you know, with the church was in in the nineties, mm -hmm. and uh, we managed to. We wanted to make sure that we had permission from them for this, you know, some of the stuff we used, which was basically on YouTube for years and years. But it was some of the stuff that was in, you know, the, the Columbia Rockumentary from way back, you know, with, with Pepper and uh, Phil Anselmo and uh, 
Uh, you uh-huh. know. Yeah. And, and we called them up to, to get permission. And they're like, they didn't even know what we were talking about. They, they, they said, you got the wrong label. Because there's nobody <laughs> there. There's nobody there from the day. Like, you know, the yeah. ladies would have had to go and watch the film, you know. So, you know, we figured it's top, you know, public domain at this point or whatever. But it came out really, really <laughs> cool. Like, um, where it's going to premiere, like, okay, I live in upstate New York now. Like, I live about, uh, I live about okay. half an hour north of Woodstock. Right. Oh wow. Okay. And so, uh, yeah. And so we met this cat. He's sort of like the, I call him the mayor. He's not really the mayor of Woodstock. He's like, he's like knows everybody in Woodstock. <laughs> our friend Andy. But he now is running the Tinker Street Cinema, which is like a really old, entrenched Woodstock landmark, cool little theater. You know, right downtown Woodstock. And he agreed to premiere it there. So we went in there and had like a just a, a private session to make sure that everything looked good on the big screen and all. And I was blown away. I mean. It brought us to tears, really, just because, you know, for me especially, you know, um, for me especially because, you know, it's kind of like, oh, shucks, you know, a lot of people, you know, praising and all that. But bottom line is I think she did a really good job of capturing, you know, the essence of uh, of what I believe in and, you know, my career and, you know, my goals and dreams and mm-hmm. all that. And, and uh, you know, we a lot of candid stuff. You know, there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of sensation of the, Stuff in there. There's a little bit of you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. I mean, nice. Anyway, yeah, like, <laughs> you got it, right? Why wouldn't there be? Yeah. Exactly. Why wouldn't there be? Yeah. So today, so today we just got the actual physical, physical copies of the DVD. Like basically, the way we're doing it is we're premiering on 420. The people have already pre-ordered, and um, you know, you can pre-order at my art site, which is basically our site. Our company's called New Terms. Uh, it's short mm-hmm. for New Terms to the people. And um, you can order it there uh, at wino-art.com. And, uh, yeah, so that's what's going on. Yeah, it's pretty Very cool. cool. Very cool, man. Hell yeah. Well, you know, you just talked about uh, Dave, you know, Sherman. You know, I remember um, I remember reading an interview you did where you mentioned, you know, how he was such a, a driving force, I know, in encouraging you to continue on with your musical career when you had right. pretty much abandoned it, right, with the Obsessed back in the 90s. So when you think about when you're, you know, where you are today, I mean, here you are, this underground musical legend, I mean, when you look back at the time that, you, you know, when you put your music career in hold, I mean, how influential, I guess, really was Dave in helping you revive your career at the time, you know, because especially in the 90s, I know when metal was kind of not really doing too well yeah. at that point. Yeah, right? we, we, you know, like sort of like when it's just like, um, you know, when our deal fell apart with Columbia, um, you know, it was pretty disheartening. It was pretty disheartening for us, you know, it was in the 90s and, you know, we had, uh, you know, we worked really hard and then, you know, one day, you know, our A&R guy, he says, well, I, got, I want to talk to you guys. I want to take you out to lunch. Where do you want to go to lunch? We said, all right, we want to go to Barney's Beanery, you know. So we're sitting in Barney's Beanery. We all live in California at the time. So sitting in Barney's Beanery, and he goes, well, I got the good news and I got the bad news, you know. And so um, we said, well, give us good news. <laughs> oh, no. The good news is the Columbia just exercised their option for your second record. And, and we were like, wow, cool. That meant starting up costs in the whole nine because, you know, we just done the, uh, the Church Within. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the, this is in the days when the label still had money, right? So sure. we got a lot of dough mm-hmm. to do the church within it, and I really felt like there was a license to fly. A lot of people warned me, like, "Oh, this could be the kiss of death," you know. And uh, but you know, at the time, I mean, they were paying, but you know, so but anyway, so <laughs> they fell asleep on that record pretty quick, you know. So here comes, mm-hmm. you know, here comes the bad news. He said, "Well, bad news is that Donnie Iner, <laughs> I guess it was the president at the time, wants you guys to redemo to be a little bit more pop," and we just went. But basically what happened was that Columbia had filed the band's the band debt 
to my personal oh, uh, my personal uh, social security number wrong. That was wrong. So basically, I you know I got back back to Maryland, started working a regular job, and you know, I was waiting on my tax return. And instead of the brown envelope, I got the white one saying I owed like thirty grand. You know, so I got out of that. But uh, you know, they caught up with me a little bit later. But so all that aside, so. So I was pretty disheartened. So here I am in Maryland, just, you know, landed in Maryland. I was actually living with my parents again. And that wasn't, that wasn't very good. You know, I was still, I was still drinking a lot. And, um, you know, uh, but I just, I just, the road seemed too long, man. It just it seemed like too long. You know, start completely over again back then. But, you know, Dave, man, yeah. Dave, and, Dave and Gary, man, they, they kept calling me. They just kept calling me. Kept calling me and saying, man, you know, come on, let's jam, let's jam, let's jam. I didn't even have a guitar. So I just got this job at this backline company. So I bought, I borrowed a Telecaster. And uh, I said, okay, let's jam. You know? And the thing was that they knew a lot of my stuff already. So it, was, it made it a little bit easier. And the next thing you know, we there was. We, we were shot. We called ourselves Shine at first, Four Spirit Caravan. And then, uh, you know, we got a bunch of, we got a cease and desist from some band in Arizona that claims they're being grouped by some label. But that's weird. Like, fuck, you can have it. Because at the time, uh, you know, the rapper Shine came out, the movie Shine came out. So I'm glad we changed the name. But. <laughs> yeah, they, they, pulled, they pulled me up. They did pull me up, man. I was pretty, you know, I was definitely pretty disheartened, you know. And they pulled me up. Now, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Dave had a good spirit. You know, I just kicked over my fucking drink here. God damn it. But, you know, Dave had a really good spirit, man. It was really the same, you know, all that, you know. Such a nice guy. I got to meet yeah, him. Really I got to meet him and, uh, you know, smoke some herb with him at a. Uh, Earthride and the Skull show yeah. that I had. The original uh, Earthride, the original yeah. band, I think they were phenomenal, man. They, they really, the original Earthride really made some waves, you know, when they had Kyle playing guitar. Mm. You know, a couple line of changes, it just didn't seem like it had as much impact. And, you know, pretty soon, uh, you know, they, they fell apart. But um, the, the first line of the Earthride was fantastic, man. They wanted to support a Shrine Builder in Baltimore one time. I remember, you know, they give you a run for your money, you know, for sure. Mm. Yeah. So it's really sad. I mean, I don't, know, I don't really know all the details. I know that he will, that you know that he became really depressed. He was despondent over lost love and all. And uh, uh, yeah. you know, it didn't work out with yeah. the success. You know, it didn't work out with the success because he, Sherman was a really interesting cat. Like he, he had the biggest heart in the world. But you know, sometimes it was hard to get him to. Uh, it was just hard to get him to focus on the stuff, and he wasn't. You know, he didn't really want to. Didn't seem like he really wanted to learn to. Work on anything, it just we kind of fall apart and stuff. So we took we parted ways, you know. I don't know. But you did stuff with him and uh Spirit Caravan as well. Well that right? was yeah, that was you know, that was first. And you know, that was you know, that was a good time and that was a good time, really, really prolific time. And I know that that's when I, you know, I got my head together, got straight, got married, had a couple kids, and uh no. you know, those, those that was like the Spirit Caravan those days it was really great days. Then came the hidden hand, of course. Also, it was great. Bruce is dead too. Fuck, it's like mm -hmm. <laughs> Jesus. It's pretty crazy, man. Really. Yeah. John Black died. Yeah. Yeah. John Black played bass in the Wire Band. Okay, he died. He indeed died. Uh, Sherman died, and then Bruce uh, from Hidden Hand, bass player, died. So, kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it was. Jeez, no. Yeah, there's been a lot. Yeah. Well, why don't man? You know, speaking of Spirit Caravan, you know, I know lyrically. I mean, that band was obviously always different than uh, the Obsessed. I know lyrically, you know, lyrically wise, I know it was more focused on spirituality and even some global politics. Yeah. 
And I know over the last couple of years, man, I know, unfortunately, you know, you've been getting raked over the coals like a lot of people yeah. these days who just, you know, go against the grain of conventional, you know, wisdom when it comes to what we're seeing in the political landscape. I mean, and I, I'm not, you know, trying to get into politics here, but I mean, when I hear or see, you know, a rock musician like yourself, you know, call out authority, government, whatever, I mean, to me, that's just good old fashioned punk rock 101. I don't, I don't know what's yeah. gone on where now it's like, you know, you can't even question it, you know, or else you're going to get canceled or, you know, that's what everyone's afraid of, obviously. But I mean, how really, for a guy like you, man, how do you find it difficult, obviously, to try to obviously just stay true to your convictions while having obviously placate some other people because you got obviously, you know, you don't want to be getting canceled or censored. That's everyone's fear. Yeah. But you obviously, you I'm know. getting a few punches in on the new record, man. We just we finished the new record. Nice. Okay. And um, we finished the new record. Nice. The shit that the shit that happened was like really beyond the pale because. Uh, we toured, we toured, when we came back off tour, our drummer, Brian's wife, she had uh, she had regular pneumonia. Like, see, what they were doing is, like, everything was COVID. Anything else you had didn't matter. It's like, if mm. you, so she didn't have, she didn't have COVID, she had pneumonia. But they fucking murdered her in the hospital. They put her on a ventilator. And they fucking pumped her full around Israel and fucking murdered her straight up. I was oh. with him. But at this time, yeah, by now they but now they figured, okay, so but now they figured out, okay, you can't let more than one family member member in because they came out their loved ones and they were gonna gang up on you and get them out of there, you know. But anyways, she got bad advice from her sisters and blah blah. Next thing you know, uh, they they put her on a ventilator and, and murdered her basically straight up. She did oh. not have COVID, not not COVID. She had regular pneumonia. And look, you know, we know what's happening with fucking. We know what's happening with medical situation. So I mean, if we talk about it too much, they probably they probably uh, you know. Hammer your show, so we won't. But but sure. point I'm making though, that, uh, okay, so okay, so there's a couple different magazines, right? So this guy Vince Nielstein, six 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 from fucking uh, Metal Sucks. Right? I don't think Metal Sucks. I mean, what kind of magazine is that, right? This guy should right? blame me for her death twice. This guy blamed me for her death twice. Okay, well I have the money. I I have everything in place. If I ever get some dough, I'm gonna sue the fuck out of my fucker. But I'll tell you a funny story. So. I was just like one day I just we were in Woodstock, me me and my wife, and doing some just regular errands. I was like, I just get so mad. I read this article, the second one. You know, he's he's fucking just talking so much. He doesn't know shit what he's talking about, you know. And um, yeah. So I was like, let me just see where this guy lives. I'm sitting there. And I was like, Woodstock, like he lives right wow. there. Oh shit. So, so I told I told Andy, my buddy in Woodstock, I said, you know, I'm not gonna kill this guy, but you know. Uh, you should you should invite him down to the doc's or something like that. I like to have face to face talk because you know it's like you know let's be unfair. You accuse somebody of uh, murdering your 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 yeah. drummer's wife, you know, because she he doesn't know shit about shit, you know. And, and but what happened? Yeah. I think so anyway, I'm getting a few punches in on the uh, on the new obsessed record. We finished it. Uh, it's mastered. It's going to be out on Ripple. Uh, I'm not exactly yeah. sure when, but man, it's really, personally, I think it's one of the best things I've ever done. I mean, yeah. after the second guitar player, I think was one of one of the better decisions I've made, uh, you know, over the years. And and uh, you know, get get a couple punches in there because it's like if you're afraid to touch the hot button issues, man. If you're afraid, it's almost criminal to remain silent, really. Yeah. Well, you haven't really been affected that much by. It. I don't think you have. I mean, maybe you have, but I mean, you've been able to kind of you know skate over it. I mean, people obviously continue to kind of come at you, but. For the most part, you're not you're not getting you know canceled or you're being and I think it's just once again, like you said, you just people shouldn't be afraid, you know, go out and, and speak to mind. It's like you have to understand that like nothing is really what it seems, you know. It's like 
Mm. I mean, I've been getting, reading this lady. Uh, she's she's a fiduciary uh, in Alaska. Basically, she's like a political scholar. And if you know the true history of the political system itself in this country, you, you blow your mind. It's all like corporations that came from the Dutch East Indies and the Pope. You know, it's like basically, you know, after Lincoln was in office, all, everything that, that's been done is completely unconstitutional. Like everything. I mean. President doesn't have fucking the right to issue executive orders. That's a complete. That's a complete lie. But you know what it is. It's a, these things have been entrenched for so long. It's sort of like yeah. You know, if you don't ask for the raise, you're not going to get it. If you don't know the law, you're not going to get it. You know. Mm-hmm. So that 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 being said, I mean, I just I can't fucking um I can't uh, just sit back and you know let these fucking you know fucking snowflake motherfuckers walk all over. You can't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's been disturbing for me to watch the whole hive mind. Um, for me, it's it's one massive, almost like psyop, where oh, it is oh, yeah. a snap of a finger, and you see this inflamement coming from this certain group of people. And I, I saw that you know over and over uh, on you. But I'll tell you the interesting effect is I think. You're keeping a stance and at least being like, listen, I'm giving a fucking opinion. You know, I'm not guilty of all this shit. Galvanizes people even more behind you that are behind you are the true ones. But, you know, I'll tell you what, it's really strange because uh, when Wagner died, of course, that was really, that was really bad. But when Wagner died uh, on that tour, me and my wife came back from that tour. We actually got sick. We, We got whatever. I mean, it's not a virus. It's definitely not a virus. It's. The reason we we cured our shit with ivermectin because it's some kind of nano parasite that's man-made. But bottom line is we we got really fucking sick, you know, and we couldn't make it yeah. to Vegas, and that started the whole thing. But but the point I'm trying to make is when we any anytime we would post anything about that on on our site, like actually when when we posted, we were asked to post Brian's wife Susie's obituary, and yeah. so we surely did. And I heard her like just go, ah, you know, because within one second of fucking posting that shit. There was already fucking like haters. I don't think they're real. I think they're like I think they're like malbots that work on uh, you know work on mm. you know trigger words or whatever. I mean, but just the fact that they exist is like pretty fucked up, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it was. I mean, I I read it and and I kept along with it because I'm like these fucking people. Yeah, and I'm kind of keeping an eye, quite frankly, on the kind of people that are doing that. Because that's more disturbing than anything else. Well, you know, a lot of people in the rock and roll community, a lot of people in the rock and roll community show their true colors. You know, the kid who wore the Gigi Allen shirt in fucking school, like, punk out my fuckers, the guy, like, with the between his legs, you know, uh, put the barrier up against the crowd and we're all going to get fucking sick. I mean, come on. You know, it's like they're, they're, they're bombing us from the sky with that shit. All you got to do is look at the sky, you know. What is that shit, you know? Uh, commercial aircraft don't cross in midair, you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> I know. Yeah, sure. I watch the sky here from the from my condo all the time, and it's it's an amazing thing to see. I, I have uh, multiple friends here in town that will do time. Like, here's 9 o'clock, and they'll catch it in action, and here's the after thing. I mean, it's, it's interesting to say the least. You know, it, it's all we can do is kind of theorize, what we'll say on it. Yeah, what I've noticed is they start to concentrate, really concentrate the chemtrails when the sun is setting. And the reason is, is I believe that uh, pretty soon we're going to, because the second sun or, you know, planet X, whatever, we'll try to debunk too, that's coming. And like, 
you know, you, you can go on the net. You can find people in different uh, hemisphere or latitudes, whatever, that, um, mm-hmm. and already see it. You know what I mean? It's like, so who knows? I mean, my hope is that, you know, uh, it's going to be quick. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, yeah. How many uh, how many tracks you got on the new album? Uh, let me see. It's uh, I think it's it, it's eight. Um, cool. it, it runs it runs uh, about 36, 37 minutes. Um, okay. but, man, I, I, it's really I'm, I'm really happy with this record. It, um, it's called Gilded Sorrow, and um, I think it's got it's got a little bit of something in there for everybody. It's got sort of like a t- traditional obsessed. I mean, it's not really all the songs don't sound the same. We've got a uh, you know we've got a rock and roll song. We've got you know. We've, uh, hard rock song we've got a couple bombastic fucking uh the heavy uh you know down tune songs too and uh uh one of the songs is called um it's called stoned back to the bomb age okay and that came from like when uh when uh, uh george w was president his secretary of defense was donald rumsfeld right well his mm-hmm. his deputy richard armitage i used to you know i used to listen to, to uh to uh, PBS, and you know, I listened to the War Bridge when I had kids because I was like, I had the kids all the time. I was like, I'm just completely bored. At, you know, I had to find something to do, so I'd always listen to the radio. Uh, so I was listening to a Defense Department briefing, and Armitage said, uh, "If Pakistan gets involved in this conflict, we're going to bomb them back to the Stone Age." So I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> so the student Stone back to the Bomb Age, right? And um, there you, you know, it's just kind of like, kind of a little bit of co- a little bit of a comment, but. Uh, a little bit of a comment on, on modern stuff. And then um, the song that I'm sending out oh, to like, you know, the song I'm sending out to like Vince Neilstein and, and all those fuckers is a song called It's Not Okay. And um, we're not really, I'm not really pulling any punches on this one, you know? I mean, but at the same time, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to shoot myself in the foot either, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You're walking yeah. the tightrope. Yeah, You're you walking the tightrope. But what's new? The music has got to talk. The reason I even have an audience at all uh, for people <laughs> yeah. to hate on me is. It's for, from the music, you know. So, like, I, yep. mean, I, I appreciate the fact that, uh, you know, that I appreciate the fact that, you know, I've, I've had a been able to have a long and fruitful career. I really do. And, you know, the COVID thing, man. You know, it, it put uh, all the hate, haters. You know, it, it put a, uh, you know, I found myself, I found myself not reading. I just, I just tell, I ask my buddy, I say, "What's the worst thing that they said?" He says, "That I said, okay, that they went there right away." Yeah, okay. Whatever. If I don't read it, I don't I'm not gonna read everything. You know, I'll get you get sucked into it. Yeah, yeah. it's not worth it. But the negative stuff isn't worth it. But there's quite people... a few people have my back. You know, quite a few people have my back, and I know quite a few people like uh, the singer for the for anti scene. You know, he said, "Man, I lost some friends." You know, having your back, I, man. You know, it's, it's just a goddamn shame. But when you think about where we're at today with the world we're at today, it is so. It's it's like a fucking dream. I mean, I, at 62, I've never seen anything like it. I mean. When I was fucking growing up, it's some of the shit that was went on, it's going on right now, we'd be hanging motherfuckers for, for, for treason, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it just, it's really strange. It's like we're going backwards for sure, but what it is is like we are definitely in being steamrolled by people that don't want sovereign, people to have citizens have sovereignty. They want a one world government. Yeah. They want a global trip. Yep. You know, and that's the way it is. I mean, we know that's the way it is. Obviously, that's the way it is because they're fucking, you know, all this internal sabotage in the USA is like blows my mind. Like all the food pressing products, you know. Oh, we got to train you around with chemicals here, there. You know, twenty in one week. You know, if that was real terrorism back in the day, you know, there'd be fucking, you know, feds everywhere in the kitchen, and they would find them. You know, but you, you notice how yeah. you don't hear nobody's chasing. 
you know, they blow up the, the substation, right? But nobody's, uh, it just goes away. They blow, you know, the food processing plants are all getting burned out. It just goes away. It's all internal. I mean, what's happening is, is yeah, 150, you know, 150,000 cattle. Uh, yeah, got, yeah. You know, just yesterday. So here's the deal. know you could have 150,000 cattle in one place. I saw that picture, <laughs> man. I saw that. I saw that TV though. Is it all the more bad from the heat? All those cattle just laying there dead. But you know what it is? The really scariest thing recently is when you hear about Gates getting involved with the water companies. You know, I mean, come on, man. Oh, yeah. It's like you know, I heard he bought Heineken. I don't drink Heineken anymore. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Now you grew up. You grew up, Scott. You grew up in uh, Maryland, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I moved around. Yeah. I was in IBM, so like we jumped around quite a bit. Uh, Canada for a year. I lived in Texas, Arizona, and then ended up in Maryland when I was eight. And that's pretty much where I stayed until until I left the Joint Chiefs in uh, in uh, eighty. Oh yeah. Hmm. And I grew up on the other side of DC in Virginia. Same time okay. period. I'm a little younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fairfax County, Tyson Corner, that old thing. Right. It's, it's hard to believe it. It's hard, hard to believe how that place is now, you know. That used to be bumfuck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 That's well, cool. I mean, you, yeah. back in the day, you know, I grew up identical time, same county as Dave Grohl. And oh, yeah, yeah. you have your own experiences with Dave Grohl as well. Talk to yeah. me about it. You called him with him. Yeah, over time. He, he was a skinhead, man. He back in the day, he when he was just a you know a skinny skinhead kid. They had this killer band called a uh, Mission Impossible, and they were like mm -hmm. they were like you know they were a hardcore band, or a punk band. Where I, I guess I guess I guess they weren't quite they weren't really punk. I guess you'd call it more hardcore. But but their claim to fame was that at the end of their set they would play the Mission Impossible theme like at breakneck fucking speed, and they played with the chest. Uh, we we got added on. We'd get added on these punk rock shows because this cat came into town. It was a uh, he was a lot about metal, and he used to be like a rock metal guy, and then he, he became a punker, and then he was worked at this record store. So he started promoting shows, and he would put us on with, like, he put us on with a bunch of punk bands. Like, we'd always play with the DC punk bands, like uh, uh, Black Market Baby. Mm -hmm. uh, his band was called Lethal Intent. And so he would put us, he'd call me, hey, you want to play with the Obsessed? And, I mean, we want to play with the, the uh, uh, oh, man, I just, Waddy, Waddy's band, that punk band with Waddy, the singer, uh, uh from England, there's English band. It just escaped my mind for, for a minute, but uh, uh, they're hardcore, yeah. they're really hardcore. And, you know, but anyway, so play with them. You know, uh, the exploited, exploited, exploited. Okay, exploited. Oh, yeah, he didn't want to play with the exploited, and Dave Grohl's band would be on the bill too. You know, that was kind of cool. I mean, those days were really amazing, actually. Yeah, those days are cool. I mean, I'd walk in How see old was Dave or whatever, and they would be like, they, you know, the punks would be like, "Fuck you, Eddie Van Halen," and shit. You know. <laughs> Fucking well, shit, you know. Like, we, didn't take, we didn't take any shit because, man, we just, we just can't, you know. Yeah. How old was yeah. Dave back then when you first met him? Well, not, hmm, that's interesting. I'm not really sure how much younger he is than me. I mean, I'm 62. I figure he's probably uh, he, he's 54, likely, because me and him were. Okay. I think he well, didn't I mean, graduate high school. Like, I think you're supposed to. This is in like 80. This is in the mid 80s. Uh, so, okay, so yeah, he was still a teenager oh, yeah. sneaking into yeah. DC, uh, which, we which was a rite kid. of passage, if you remember. Right, but we called him the kid, dude. We, everybody wanted the kid, man, in the band, you know. And like, we'd always <laughs> be like, man, we got to try to get the kid, you know. 
because the kid was all wrist, and you know that's a good drummer. You see a good drummer when there's not much upper body movement, he's but the wrist, and they're fucking hitting hard. You know that's a natural. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, you know, he's cool, man. He's a really cool guy. I mean, he always tries to, um, he tries to, I try to, he tries to help my band uh, the best he can. Really, I think that you know when I got the call from him. Actually, I was on tour with Spirit Caravan. We were in Europe, and uh, my wife, my uh, my ex-wife. At the time, she called me and said, "You know, I got a call from Dave from Dave Grohl's people, and uh, they want your publishing because uh, they're gonna uh, they want to cover Iron and Stone." And I said, "Wow, cool!" You know, and so that was one of the one of the only songs that, that I wrote the music and the my old bass player wrote the lyrics. And um, so it was a joint publishing deal, easy to do. But man, this guy, my, my guy, dragged his feet. It was so paranoid. He blew the deal. This is like the B side to uh, learn to fly single in Asia. So oh. uh, we never we never mm. got that publishing. They, they they it was right there in our lap, and because of my guy dragging feet, we never got it. And so that was that was kind of that was hard. But but anyways, you know, Dave was cool, and we um uh we went on to do the probot thing, you know. Mm. And when he called me, it was just so cool because I got the he said, uh, you know, I want you to play guitar and I want you to sing. On this track and you know you write the lyrics and you know uh i got the track and i was like wow it's this really fucking cool track man you know and i was really into it and at the time i was reading this uh i was researching some uh babylonian i was reading uh sitkin zechariah sitkin i was researching like you know uh the 12 12 planet which is postulating about planet x and all that but um he was the only he was a biblical scholar who could read babylonian cuneiform you know stellar he could, he could read the and, you know, so it's really fascinating. So at the beginning of that Probot song, uh, The Emerald Law, what I'm speaking there is an actual ancient Babylonian poem that Zechariah Sitkin had translated off of cuneiform. Uh, I mean, I thought it needed something, you know, like, so that was like the last thing I put in there. But I mean, that song to this day, I just think that uh, when I listen to that song, I'm, 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 it gives me chills, man. I, I think, it, you know, it came out really good. And it was right in my alley. And, you know, I think yeah. it was really... I don't know what his, I think his, what his trip was, you know, he was, now he's in the Foo Fighters, now he's in a pop band, you know, and I think he wanted to get, you know, make sure, I think he wanted to reassert, reassert his, uh, his street cred, maybe, I don't know, but it was cool to do, you know, very yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. And you were on no. Headbangers Ball for the song. Yep. Well, we did, it, it was cool because we did, uh, uh, we did, um, we did Eric Wagner's song. That was really interesting because yeah. we did, yeah, we did Wagner's song, and um, basically what he did was he he catered at the SIR facility. We, were, we all met up there, and we rehearsed. Uh, uh, let me see. It was Greg Anderson from Sono playing guitar. His boy, Nick Raskulinitz, his engineer at the time, played bass. Mm. David played drums. I played guitar, and then Wagner sang. And we did, his, you know, we did uh, My Tortured Soul or whatever. Um, uh, but it was funny because uh, I never met Nick Raskulinitz before, you know, David's engineer buddy was playing bass. And, he comes up to me and goes, man, I saw St. Vitus in Knoxville, Tennessee at the Snake Snatch Lounge on acid. No, I was just going to say, you know, you know it's, it's funny because you just, you know, talked to, you know, John just mentioned something about headbanging his ball. And it kind of just reminds me, you know, just about your career. I mean, you know, with the Obsessed and St. Vitus, I mean. Two bands that were playing that kind of music in a decade where no one was was doing that. I mean, that was it was very few, you yeah. know, bands doing. Everything was about speed and everything, you know, in the in yeah. the uh, in the eighties. 
Um, but I mean, you stay true to that sound, you know, for all those years, man. And now here you are, you know, at this point, your career, you're just, like I said, legend in the scene here. Um, and the cool thing is, like you said, you did it pretty much all on your own. You had no MTV play, you had no radio play, you know. So, I mean, I'd have to think, I mean, if you look back at your career, I mean, one of the things that you got to be, I guess, more, I guess, you know, really that's got to be gratifying. You got to be proud of yourself about is that you really did it, you know, without all that help, but you did it your own way. You didn't do it by any outside influence or nothing. So, I mean, is that something that you obviously could hang your hat on and anything is just say, Hey, you know, I did from the minute I started, I did everything the way I wanted to do it. Yeah. That's basically true. I mean, there are a few things that I look back on that, you know, I probably would have done different. One thing right now, the problem, you know, the problem I'm having right now is, most of the rights to my music have come back to me, but at the same time, uh, the public, you know, it, it's hard to like, it, it's hard to get, to getting like some of my, it's hard to get, getting my publishing uh, royalties and stuff. And like, there's people that, you know, I went onto a site, uh, they, they make it pretty complicated, you know? So I, I get some help mm -hmm. now, now that me and Shirley, I've got, now I've kind of got this place, you know, I finally got a place where like, I've got all my shit in one place, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, you know, my head's together, and we're starting to work on. Okay, let's let's start to let's start to get your intellectual property together, you know. And uh, mm. I'm finding like there's people that like are claiming a third of my songs uh, that I don't even know these people, like you know these sharks that you know just, you yeah. know trying to steal your publishing. So you know, I got I got over the anger about that a long time ago. Now I'm just like just slowly but surely, you know, getting it back. And mm. um, you know, the thing about it is, is like when you do what I've done the career that I lived, you know, I, you I didn't make any money. I mean, you're going to, I lived hand to mouth, you know, pretty much my whole career. And mm -hmm. you think about it, some people, well, why don't you just sue them? I was like, well, if you don't have any money to hire a lawyer, you can't sue anybody. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so that's how it goes. But, you know, part of it, part of, a lot of it was my own fault too, because, you know, when I like to say, you know, and we continue to struggle because, you know, it's, it's, it's a struggle, but it is, uh, I always felt like that I was given a gift, you know, and man, I always thought I was given a gift, and it's my duty to fucking to to lead the torch. I, I mean, to carry the torch. I really feel it that that way. I still do. And you know, it doesn't really matter. Be, uh, you know what anybody says behind a keyboard and like that, because I'm always willing to have a face-to-face -face conversation, discuss anything with anybody. And I predicate my statements with like, look, you know, I don't wake up in the morning going, man, who am I going to fucking rip off today, or you know, yeah. who am I going to slander today? You know, <laughs> that's that's completely foreign to me. You know, so. Mm -hmm. But, this, but, you know, it's surprising to me, like, how many people are really like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I was able to do it. I'm glad I'm still alive. I'm glad I'm not in jail, you know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know we have a joke in this band, you know, one more record, one more tour. Come on, because, you know, the world could end tomorrow. I mean. True. Yeah. You really put together a very good lineup. I, yeah, this you band know. is really, Like I said, man, you know, with Jason Taylor, okay, let's talk about him. He played in that band Sierra, right? He's a Canadian cat, and we met because uh, we did some touring with Sierra. That motherfucker is a stone road dog. Not only, not only is he a virtuoso guitar player, but, I mean, he will fucking sleep on the floor. These dudes were like having a little camp stove they were <laughs> on that tour. I felt so sorry for him. I started giving half of my rider every night, you know, like beer and shit like that. Because, But, you know, he, he, he emailed me after, after we met. So one night he says, one night he says, I want to get high, and I want you to tattoo me. I was like. You sure? He's like, yeah. <laughs> fucking, I ended up doing this gigantic Vitus V to cover up this little thing right here. And he told me, uh, he goes, it took like three years to heal. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, but he wrote me an email. He said, he he said, uh, man, you know, 
goes, when I think about my career and my future, he goes, uh, songwriting, he goes, I, I, I see my, I, could, I really want to, I really want it to be in your band, you know? And, you know, at the time I was just, I didn't really, I didn't know what to think, you know, I wasn't really ready for another guitar player. Me and Brian, we talked about, we're like, well, you know, you know, we'll have jam with him some, sometime or whatever. But, um, but then, you know, uh, right before COVID, I started thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, man, you know, people have seen the three piece. It seems like we're kind of spinning our wheels. We might need a little bit of a little spark. And so we agreed we get together. When he came out here for our first jam, he knew every single one of my songs, every single one. And blew my mind because he's so such a virtuous player. And uh, we come from different – in the terms of, like, our playing style, it's a little bit different. But, I mean, he – but he's, he, he just blew me away. And so, like, the next thing you know, we're, like, you know, we're playing some really complicated stuff and uh, we're writing together. And, you know, he made a couple – he made some really nice contributions to the record as far as, like, uh, helping me uh, – Finished songs. We actually co-wrote a couple songs, and uh, you know, helping me with lyrics here and there. And uh, you know, in the studio, it's nice to have somebody going. You know, giving me some vocal. Uh, you know, sitting out there listening to me track. You know, he would always be helping me point out, like, you know, maybe you should try this or that. You know, it's like we really have a good working relationship like that. Where you know, at this point in time, you know, if you're going to do a two guitar thing, I realize you have to be. You can't have your ego in the way. Mm -hmm. You got to be in tune. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like I wasn't old enough, not mature enough, you know, in some cases uh, in the old days to do it because, you know, most people, a lot of guitar players I know, they're like, they're, you know, lead hot shots, but they don't, they don't play, they say, oh, I don't play rhythm. Well, you know, that's, that's foreign to me. I mean, rhythm is where it's all about, you know, like, mm -hmm. it really is the power of the song. And so, you know, that was, yeah. addition of the band was, uh, I think, was one of the better decisions I've made in my life. <laughs> But and then we had Chris, you know, Chris, yeah, Chris, you know, Chris came along. Oh, Chris, Chris, uh, too, yeah, yeah, he 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 uh he hit the website, uh, our new tunes, my art website, uh, the Heavy Kingdom email, like a long time before. And you know, Shirley mentioned him, she goes, Well, you know, because you know, I was playing with Brian White, first it was Reed, who's great, then it was Brian White, who was also great, but he's weirder, man, so uh, not in a good way, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, there's nothing I have told him to his face. So I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm slandering you know, hot mod, you're slandering him. But uh, <laughs> Shirley said to me, she says, uh, well, we got a, you know, we got an email about six months ago from this cat. I said, okay, let's check him out. Yeah. So we started looking at his Facebook page. I was like, wow, he could be my twin brother, you know? And uh, it, was, it was cool. And like, you know, it was rare. It was so rare because both of those dudes had, you know, they had been through, you know, relationships, uh, no kids, either one of them. And no ties, and they they both were willing to spend their own money and have the time to actually come out rehearse, and they had the time to tour. It's like how weird is that to be at our age, really, and find a couple cats yeah. and like are just like yeah. let's go, let's go, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know. So I, I feel really lucky. Oh, yeah. I feel really lucky, and I feel you know I feel blessed and lucky, and I'm, I'm just thankful for everything, really. I mean, you know, so it's, it's been a fucking good. That's career, interesting. Man, really. Yeah, you have had an amazing career. You are the Johnny Cash of Doom, the man in black. <laughs> As we we spent a weekend together, Wino. That was when we first really got to know oh, each other. And that was I, great. I told you probably the first night we met and probably hanging out of a couple of drinks and smoke whatever. And I was like, You are <laughs> you're like, dude, I'm gonna remember this. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. All right, we'll 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 keep that one for sure. And, and yeah. it's so fascinating you bring up that. Uh, he was in say, Sierra. I saw them. Uh, yeah. 
in Vegas, Sierra. I never yeah. knew he was in Sierra. That's crazy. Crazy yeah, yeah. stuff. You know, he's like so he's so Jason is so uh is so um is so into it. Like he's just so dedicated, like he's got no crop at all with sleeping in his car. I mean, when the show goes south, like we don't have very many shows go south, but recently we mm. we had these two shows booked. One of them was in Jersey, and um we get there, they've got this gigantic fucking cell phone tower that they just put in, like literally it was so close to the fucking building. So no matter what we did with our amplifiers, it was just giving us the most horrible noise through our amps. Like it made playing impossible, if you can believe that. It was so bad we mm. couldn't play. I mean, he was just off, like, well, maybe we could play at a party somewhere. Or, you know, maybe I said, I said, it ain't happening tonight, brother. It just ain't happening. No matter what we do, we can't make it happen tonight, you know. But, you know, he's so into it. He just, he just, he just wants to play, you know. And I love that so much. Yeah, that's cool. I love that so much. He's a total road dog, man. It's like, we'll sleep three to a hotel room sometimes if we have to. And, and no problem, man. He, he's, he's really, he's really, I don't know. Yeah, you really do have a good, a great lineup. And Brian, of course, is always. Yeah. Uh, it's super strong. Now you're heading to Europe. Um, what What are some of your favorite cities to play over there? Oh man, it's been you know going to Europe is, is such a majorly cool event for me because you know I had some problems over there and was banned from <laughs> 27 countries for five years. Wow! But they, they, oh, but they made it worse. They filed late intentionally, so they made it so that it was six. And you know I went through all this value there and. Uh, uh, but now it's now it's cool, free and clear, and it's gonna be. It's been some been some years now, so now I'm totally looking forward to it because the Europeans were they got it early. I mean, the first time St. Vitus played there, we would play LA with maybe like maybe seventy five people. When we our first show in uh, the Wall was still up, and we did our first show in Europe, we played like uh, oh, five hundred people. And part of that show was actually in the dock. It's cool as fuck. I played guitar in Vitus at the time for a couple songs, so pretty interesting, mm. but. My favorite cities are like I love well Berlin is always fantastic. Um uh I love playing in Switzerland like Zurich or Winterthur. Uh, uh you know, uh Holland's uh, Holland's cool, but Holland's kinda weird. People, like my experience with Holland is like people are they're either so stoned. I'm not really sure what it is, but they're into it, but it's it's kinda mellow. You don't feel really feel the the, the energy. But uh man, the eastern countries like Poland, uh Czech Republic fucking off the hook, man, you know, just off the hook, really, really rabid fans, Hungary, I mean, we really intense yeah. people, like, and Hungarian dudes, man, you know, a lot, with Vitus especially, but, and, and to an extent, the obsessed, there's more, a lot of times there's more males, males than females, you know. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these dudes would be, like, like, knocking these chicks out of the way to get something signed or something, it was freaking me out, you know, <laughs> like, whoa, 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 but, but, um, Mexico is also great, too, I mean, we wanted to go back, uh, you know, but 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 Europe, man, it's, it's going to be so good for me. I played in played in Hellfest. I mean, Hellfest has turned into the biggest rock festival of the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Oh, I mean, huge. You know, you know, ZZ Top, Kiss. I mean, I'm not sure who's headlining this year, but but we're there. So many people go to that. I mean, yeah. amazing amount of people yeah. go to that. It's crazy. And, yeah. and, and there's other cities too that, that I might be drawing a blank on, but yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of fun to play over there, really. Yeah. 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 So, so with the new record now, is there a, a, a sort of a time frame of when it's going to be coming out on Ripple? Do you well, know, the, you the way that Todd described it was it's either going to be either the end of the year or at the very beginning of next year. So, okay. I mean, what, what it's uh, it's uh, still April, right? Um, I'm yeah. not really sure what the turnaround is for vinyl, especially, but I know that 
if, with all the problems with the mass with the mastering plants and stuff like that. I mean, um, Todd but Ripple, by the way, is my hero because man, you know, when Forever Gone was due to come out, that's right when all this fucking all the bullshit hit, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, Forever Gone, right? I thought it was gonna be Forever Gone. He called me mm-hmm. and he said, Man, we're going forward with the record release. He goes, We're not gonna miss a beat. We're gonna we're gonna have the same release. You're gonna get you're gonna get right at record. He goes, the only thing we're not gonna be able to do is the is the party for the record release. Man, he fucking came through like a motherfucker. And, you know, I, he never asked me to demo. He believes in me. I believe in him. And uh, you know, he's he's yeah. leading the charge, man. He's like kind of saving rock and roll, kind of, you know. So yeah, um, yeah. you remember when you met him the first time, right? What's that? You remember the first time you met him? Yeah, you introduced me to him. <laughs> I set us up for lunch across the street at the Sahara. Yeah, no, no. I was thinking it's just between in Frisco, but then the second time I met him was with you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's when you had a little sit down and really got to know each other. Yeah, that was cool it was fun. cool to. Yeah, that was really it was cool, cool to be like, part of that. That's when, like, yeah. sort of cemented, cemented the, made the groundwork for. Uh, I'm not sure what we were talking about then. I think we we're talking about maybe an acoustic record then, which became Forever Gone. But you know, Matt Baker was instrumental in making some shit happen. As well as you, so, you know. Thanks a lot, John. <laughs> you know? yeah, I know that uh, Garcia, the thing we did, the hotel, the thing we did for you, uh, the Garcia tribute thing was was interesting. Uh, that, that that was a cool weekend. That was a really cool weekend. It was fun. Yeah. You got you went out and party pretty hard, and and I'm like, where's Wino? Yeah, well, I <laughs> when, I, when I left, when I left, you're in the lobby waiting for me. Well, what what happened was when I left, I went back. I took a cab, I think, back to your pad. I was pretty, I'm not sure if I had any dough or not, but I just remember, like, I had to pee real bad. It was just so bleak. Everything was so bleak. And everything, like, fast off. But it's just like, you know, Vegas is pretty bleak, right? And I was just thinking, man, I was just so paranoid. Like, I'm going to be peeing out here in this bleak-ass desert. I'm going to get popped by these Vegas <laughs> cops, you know. They're going to run me around. It's like, it was cold. See, I remember it was kind of chilly. Like, it gets cold in the desert, man. People are yeah, like, it does. Tight, you know. But yeah, I, that I, was left, I left that show after uh, – uh, at the hair, uh, what did they call it? Like the beauty parlor? What was that place called? The beauty bar. The beauty bar. The beauty right. bar. Yeah, yeah. I, that's I, when we I, had. I uh, left at some point in time. I said, I got yeah, man. I was like, I was playing. That was the night. Yeah. 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 And like, I think I got a call from my building. Yeah. And they're like, um, yeah. there's a guy here saying he's staying with you. <laughs> are are yeah. you? You know, I was like. What it was, it's like I was sitting out there. I'm like, and he, is it wino? And they go, Are you asking if he's a wino? And I'm like, No, no, no. Is his name wino? Uh, and he, next thing you know, you know, I'm, I'm high telling him back there and he's hanging out in the, you know, just hanging out in the lobby, just chilling out. Well, what about oh, the guy saw me sitting there? The guy saw me sitting outside the apartment and he said, uh, uh, What are you doing? And I said, Well, I'm waiting for my buddy. He lives here. He, he invited me in to the, you know, I think it was kind of cold that cool. night. But, you know, probably didn't no, it was cold. cold. Yeah. Just, it yeah. snowed that night a little. And it was an outdoor show, Matt. And it was Freedom Hawk, uh, Wofat Freedom Hawk, Sasquatch, and, and like Red Desert. And Black so it, Wolf, it was crazy. One of the guys in the band insulted one of the bartenders, and there was a huge valley here. Remember yep. that shit? Yeah. No, I had to deal with that. I yeah. had to fucking deal with that at, before the show even began. And then the like, guy left, like, and then the bartender was like, hey. And he was alleging that the guy said something derogatory. Yeah. And then the probably came in. 
And the owner was from like, he's been on a TV show. And he was a little guy, but he's like, oh, fucking pissed off. He's like, I don't stand for this. Blah, blah. I'm like, I don't even know what there is. I almost want to say to him, well, can you stand up? But he was kind of short. But um, it, eventually we got the holding. The, the, the bartender left anyways. So it was I know, kind of I weird. That. Dorman, you had to, I had to make the guy go apologize to him. Oh. I remember that the bartender, your doorman left too. I remember that you had to call somebody. That was kind of a stressful night for you, I think. I think it was stressful. Oh, that's right. Listen, be, you got a lot of balls, dude, just to be a promoter. That period, wherever. That takes a lot of balls in this day and age, man, really. So, yeah. I was so stressed out one day, Matt, that Wino and I were sitting in the middle of the living room doing inventory on shirts. I kind of count how many large and extra large and long sleeve and it was quite an event, and uh, it's a great way to get to know someone. And uh, <laughs> some of the <laughs> they go fantastic. Every band is always challenging, you know. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember when we went over to Hard Rock for the Garcia night, the first night or whatever, second night, and you know we're up in the hotel, and the day before, I get a package. Why don't give me the heads up? I get a guitar. Said to me oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. from yeah. Gibson for him. Yeah. So yeah, I wow. go up to the hotel room later on. I yeah, go up the hotel room later on. Yeah. I had an endorsement, you know. I got the yeah, endorsement yeah, yeah. And relapse and like dude, you I told were playing me. guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told the dude, I said, <laughs> like uh, the rap, I said, Oh, I've got some K, you know, I've got some K. And he goes, he goes, I'll tell you what, uh, we got some guitars coming back from the Latin Music Awards. Uh, what do you want? And I said, Well, I want a J two hundred, you know. He goes, Well, we don't got one of those. And I, so I looked at what, what he had, and, and he had a J35. And uh, so I said, yeah, but I'm playing I'm playing in Vegas in three days. He goes, I'll just mail it there. Give me the address. And so that's cool. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really, that whole thing was surreal. And I remember going yeah. upstairs. I was so stressed because they would they, – the Hard Rock did not give me the amount of rooms I was supposed to have oh, yeah. for all my bands. So next you know, they're like, you got to pay, you know, full rate. For this one, I'm like, what the fuck? So I remember I was all stressed out and I go upstairs and literally he's <laughs> up there singing and playing. And I'm like, I just stop, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I sit down, you know, get a bowl or get a one hitter put together. And I think you were singing the bottom of the bottle or something. Yeah. You're playing that, you're like, hey, I want you to hear this. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You know, I mean, he I mean, was like something out of a, 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 a wild TV show slash dream slash. Like he was you know, easy. Like, Me and him had to get along. It was he was easy. Or probably put strings on. I probably kind of rehearse my set. You know what I mean? But, you know, yeah. But that was cool. I like Vegas actually. It was good job, man. City. Yeah. Coming on. Well, you know, just one last thing. Yeah, just go ahead and, and tell everybody too where they can. Um, I guess go ahead. I know the movie's coming out. The documentary's yeah, coming out yeah. May 13th, right? Yeah. So go ahead and give all the plugs. Yeah. It's like April 20th is uh is the premiere. Which it's in Woodstock at the Tinker Theater. Um 420, you know. Uh mm -hmm. and then uh the digital digital <laughs> release, the digital release where you can order uh the doc is is on May 13th. Okay, now you okay. can actually you can you can actually pre-order uh a hard copy of the DVD right now. Uh, and and the, where you get those is at uh, it's at wino-art.com. Okay, if you okay. go to that site, that's all. That's it's got everything going on. That's my art site where I sell art. Um, 
uh, we talk, we do talk about, uh, that's, that's where you can find out all the, all the gigs we're doing and that's where we're, you know, uh, get the doc. Fantastic. Anything else you got in the works? Uh, anything else, solo stuff or anything you got, uh, lining up or basically we, we have, uh, we have the May, the May tour in mm -hmm. Europe. And then, uh, when we come back, uh, I got married a couple about. I got married about two weeks ago. Oh, congrats! Yeah, thank you. In a private ceremony, I married Shirley, and um, we're having the party in Texas at Lostwell in Austin. And you guys are invited. Nice. I mean, of course, I can't expect everybody to come, but you are invited if you want to come. And uh, I'll get your dresses. And we'll send you an in invite. So if you show up at the Lostwell, when is that? Know, on, uh, it's on Sunday, July. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's Sunday, July um, sixteenth. Uh, I think sixteenth. Well, just hit me up when you remember. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> that's interesting. I'm trying to curate curate a band. I'm like I, I, I tried to get Mothership, but they couldn't do it. And um, we don't have a huge budget, so we we considered uh, some other bands. So we're still putting the bands together right now, but it'll be, it'll be cool. So that's happening. And then after that, we're going to Canada for four shows. Okay. So uh, our first show in Canada is in Toronto on on the 29th. And then we're playing. We're playing 29th, 30th is in. Uh, 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 we're playing. We're playing Toronto, Ottawa, Quebec City, and uh, one other city. So four shows in a row at, at the end of July. Very, Montreal. very start. Yeah, and uh, so that should be cool. And that's basically all we have on the books right now until we go back to Europe. But you know, we'll see. Shit's going to come up. I mean, you know, you got a lot. We, yeah, yeah you got a lot of things going on. Going to Europe. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody lives in different places. Like Brian lives in Maryland. Jason lives in Canada. But Canada is only six hours away from where I'm at now. So same distance. So I would have to yeah. drive to Maryland. You know, so basically he, he, we all converge here. Chris comes to Florida. We all converge here in, uh, you know, upstate New York. It's a bonker. And we, we rehearse here and I put everybody up. We just camp out here until we feel like we're ready. And then we, we hit it, you know. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And thanks a lot for giving me a chance to, uh, you know, promote stuff. The last American true outlaw, Wino.